0: to the Wise Men Say preview show. It's a bit weird, isn't it? First Rory and now Matthew, both two familiar voices that you've become so accustomed to. And now they've handed it over to me. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? I mean, like Matthew is doing, Matthew's aware at the moment and he's doing what Matthew does. He's in a, a bar called Diana's in Malta singing karaoke to Candle in the Wind. And he's also seen an Elton John tribute act. But he sends his love. And and I, Tom Walsh, will take you through this preview of uh, this top-of-the-table clash preview against Accrington at home. And I'm joined by uh, Tower's own, Mickey Loff. How are you doing, Mickey?
1: I'm doing well. Um, My only question would be, does this still count as an idiot pod without Matthew or Rory?
0: Well, I mean, I am quite idiotic and I think I've been put into this this mould, so I'll be as I'll try to be as idiotic as possible. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about Candle in the Wind, um, but we can if you want.
1: Well, it seems to me that's how you live your life, mate. So. Uh, you've you set that up yourself,
2: Christ. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm also joined by uh, Jimmy Ray. How you doing, Jim?
2: Evening, lads, uh, and everybody else listening. Nice to be here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'd am i like to think I'm an idiot as well. Um, I don't know very much about on John, though. Um I know a bit, but probably not as much as you guys. You know, um, I have like t- a...
0: You know, have like an Elton John pun there lined up but we could have dropped uh, in. Um
2: bit of a No, nah, Rocket man. Something to do with Rocket Man. I can't <laughs> I'll probably on the spot. Well
0: I'll tell you who's been rocketing up the table Sunland bloody AFC. And uh we're playing Accrington on Accrington Stanley on Saturday and they're second in the league. who who'd have thought it that'd somehow be a top of the table clash how incredibly Depressing, or is it good?
1: Well, it's not good, but we're also vying to beat them at home for the first time since we came down to League One.
0: Yes. Uh, (laughs) Another unwanted record that we need to get rid of this weekend. Uh, But It's been a while since we've uh, had a chat, and a lot of things have been going on at Sunderland. The the transfer window has slammed shut. And just before it slammed shut, uh, Sunderland bought, well, loaned two uh, German fellas by the name of uh, Ron Thorben Hoffman, which is, I'm sure you'll agree, is an excellent name. And uh, winger Leon, I'm going to murder this Dejaku. Is that right? Is that have I got that right? Um, so, uh, Jim, what are we thinking of these two new new loan signings?
2: Well, um, I think obviously, me, like like probably most people, when I first sort of saw the links, um, I thought well, I was pretty impressed that we were. Just being able to be even sort of a guess, in discussions with a club like Bayern for two of their youth players, especially ones who have been in and around the first team. I think there's slightly different prospects for them both of them being. Asked. I think the, I think they both obviously have potential. I think the keeper um, possibly is isn't was a lot closer to the Bayern first team. There's pictures of him with a Champions League trophy on the pitch. Obviously, he didn't directly contribute towards doing that, but it's nice that he was there. I mean, you know, none of us have been there, so none of our other players have been there. Nope. Um, so you know, at least he's. He's kind of bringing that across with him. Um, I think he he looks good um, from what from what the write ups have been. You know, could possibly be uh, an upgrade in terms of what we have already, especially in terms of playing the ball out from the back of his feet. I think that is something that he's he's known for doing uh, quite well. Um, Obviously. In League One, I think that would be a, a welcome addition to our to our attacking sort of repertoire if we can, if we can use the keeper in a bit of a, more of a sweeper role. Obviously, the keepers we have at the minute don't necessarily fit that mould. Provided his shot stopping um, is up to par. I mean, he's a big lad. He's six foot four, I believe. So um, that's obviously taller than uh, than the other keepers we have as well. So I think he could be a bit more of a physical presence because we do or have done conceded a lot of goals and crosses in recent years. So possibly mm-hmm. he may assist with that. In terms of the Jaku, um to be honest... He he has he's obviously had a very impressive youth career. I don't think it's obviously panned out the way he wanted to. Um, I think he gave a very good interview um, when he when he when he joined the club. Obviously, anyone can do that. It's it's what he does on the pitch, but it's nice to see he does seem to be pretty enthused about being here. Um, obviously, yeah, people who follow him on Instagram have seen he's wandering around the stadium at nine that, o'clock at night I, the other day and filming I mean that, himself and what have you. So he seems to be invested. That's a
0: bit at least. I mean. <laughs> I do like that in kind of enthusiasm. He he did seem like he he couldn't stop smiling during his... uh... Yeah, like the opposite of Will Grigg, really.
2: Uh... Yeah, well,
0: (laughs) finally, we can stop talking about Will Grigg. We'll touch on him a little bit um, because he's gone now. Um, But Mickey, you're the goalkeeping expert. So (laughs) give us your expert opinion on Thorben Hoffman, a player you didn't even know existed about two weeks ago
1: wash your mouth I've watched (laughs) him all through his youth career you know i followed his career with great interest no I've never seen him like kick a ball or save a shot but I agree entirely with what Jimmy said particularly with his reputation of kind of like being able to play the ball from the back really well like Lee Johnson like mentioned that in the interview when we signed him and I think that's critical because now I think we've got like a really good kind of like ball playing spine to the team now so we've got like him as kind of the final piece in the jigsaw so you've got Hoffman who can play the ball out from the back, Callum Doyle's obviously really, really adept at it. And then you've got like Dan Neil, Elliot Embleton kind of playing like centre attack of midfield, Dan Neil playing the more orthodox centre role. All of them really, really good passes of the ball. And they're supplying Ross Stewart, who was like kind of on fire at the minute. But because we're playing to Ross Stewart's strengths, we're not just going back to last season where the temptation was he's six foot four. So we need to pump the ball up to him and get people around and are actually really playing it with strengths. And you saw that with a link up play during the Wickham game, particularly. For the third goal, so I think it's very encouraging. If you've got a goalkeeper who can buy into that, then he can kind of literally get the ball rolling from the back and start an attack. And I think we've got like a really kind of like young, exciting like spine to the team now. And I just think beside the back goalkeeper is just really, really rounded off. And like Jimmy says, like his presence, like six foot four, like Lee Burge. That's my biggest criticism of him. Like I think. His shot stop and he makes some very good saves and he makes mistakes. That's fine. He's a league one goalkeeper. But for me, with Bird, he just looks like a ball, like a bag of anxiety sometimes on his line. And Patterson, although he's still young, he's kind of like, I, I still, I'm still. i not 100% convinced by him. You saw in the Wimbledon game, he kind of went walkabout and nearly cost us. Obviously, I wasn't at the Wickham game, so I've only seen the highlights. But from what you were saying in the group chat, Tom, I don't think he was particularly commanding. And the pre-season friendly against Hulley kind of looked all over the place. And I'm not necessarily directing that as a criticism because he's young, he's really inexperienced in terms of the amount of senior football he's had. But at the end of the day, that's not like our problem, really. Like we need to get them out on loan to get them developed, to get some like good quality first team minutes without kind of like risking our kind of status, pushing for promotion. So I'm really, really pleased with strengthening the goalkeeping department. It was a nice surprise because although I've been calling for us to improve our position for a while, I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen, so I'm really pleased we have got that over the line.
0: It's one of those with Patterson. I mean, it caused a bit of um, a bit of divide in like our group chat because i i I went to the Wickham game, and I don't know. I, I mentioned on the like the post match pod that it's like I don't like my goalkeepers to make me nervous, and we've been quite fortunate at Sunderland over the past. Say past fifteen years or so, we've always had goalkeepers that you can kind of rely on, and like I, I wasn't convinced by Patterson. It was the first time, admittedly, I'd seen him in the flesh, but I didn't think he commanded his box well. I didn't think, I didn't think he was like marshalling his defence well. And I think if Wickham had a bit more about them, they could have put a bit more pressure on him. This Thorben Hoffman we always give this caveat that Patterson is like, oh, he's a young lad. This lad we brought in is only a year older. So...
1: Yeah, I don't think age is such a significant factor. What I think it is with Hoffman that are like, yes, it's only for Bayern Munich second team, but it's the fact he's played kind of like a good number of games that are kind of like a good standard football. Like, obviously, I don't, I don't like, claim to be an expert on the third tier of German football, but at least it's kind of like a good solid level of men's football where you're playing against like actual teams with like stuff yeah. riding on it. Whereas <laughs> Patterson his only previous loan spell and I've pointed this out for like years and I know it gets a bit tiring but his only loan spells was at Sunderland RCA um, really? and that's, okay. the, that's, the, that's the only men's football he's played rather than the odd Czech trade trophy game and then the league games he's played this season. I think to be fair to him, I think in the cup games, like Port Valey made an excellent save later on and same against Blackpool. So I think there's a keeper in there and he's certainly got the tools. He's like a big lad, but like you say, he's going to be raw. He's going to be erratic because he's an inexperienced goalkeeper. I don't think necessarily it's his age because you get like lads like Pickford who were 18 year old and already had like really good experience Mm -hmm. under the belt, but Patterson doesn't have that. So I think he needs to get that experience and then maybe in the future we can challenge for the number one spot but I, that's why I just think having a goalkeeper was so significant. Sorry, so significant because Lee Burge, we all know what he is. He's a he's a. He, I had to use the word solid, but he's a middle of a raw League One goalkeeper. But the where he was goalkeeper of the year,
0: goalkeeper of the year. That's what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> but but where he was, like kind of like Patterson didn't really kind of like inspire you as being like a massive upgrade on him. So I think I it's I worth say, adding it,
2: as well. Um, Hoffman has trained with arguably the best keeper in the world. For like what the last three, four years. There's yeah. plenty of footage of him um in Bayern match day squad. So even though he's not played for the first team, he's he's obviously training with Neuer and uh, Neuer's understudy. Being, well being one, one of Neuer's understudies, you know, every day on the training pitch and and you know in match situations as well. So he's been on the bench, so presumably was deemed good enough to to come to be called upon if needed. So I think um obviously you like we've already said, we, we don't know. But I think I think there's a lot of positives there to, to take. And I think Mickey's right that um if you given that he's actually only a year older than Patterson as well, I think um nothing against Patterson, but possibly um loan may be better for yeah. him. Um in terms of his development. Because to be brutally honest, we don't want him to make his, his entry level mistakes for us. It's better exactly. that he makes them somewhere else and comes back. It's um, like all the we can't afford that again.
0: Yeah, it's like all the players that we're getting on loan. These Premier League teams want them to make their mistakes in Sunderland. So when they come back to the Premier League or do, they do, um, you know, they'll be ready. Um, the question I was going to ask, uh, do we think uh, Hoffman is going to come in as like direct number one? Or is he Is he going yeah. to be still vying with... I think
2: he'll start. I think, he'll the, start him. I think he will. Um, I don't know. I think Burge obviously was Ahead of Burge? Yeah, well, Burge hadn't... I know obviously it was a fitness thing as to why Patterson played the last couple of games anyway but I think given the Burge hadn't had a run of games to sort of establish himself this season yet I think um it would be kind of a good confidence booster for Hoffman to say yep you're going straight in I think it would be a good test of his character I think also it wouldn't be too difficult a conversation to have with Burge or Patterson because basically neither of them have really played every game yet it's not like say Burge had been in in goal, number one for every game so far. It may have been a bit harsh, given that we're top of the league, to say to him, oh, look, you're going to come out for this lad who hasn't played yet. Yeah. But given that it, neither of them have, I think it, it's a good opportunity for for him to, you know, like I say, test his character, but also for us to see what he's about against a team who are, who are obviously doing quite well in acting Stanley. So if he does put in a good performance, obviously it's going to be good for his confidence and also a good marker to show how good he actually is. Yeah.
1: I think as well with Hoffman, like the we've got the loan deal with the option to buy, but that's subject to us getting promoted. So with that loan deal with the option to buy, we're essentially saying we back you to playing goal for us in the championship. And I think if you're saying that and you're kind of placing the significance there on his ability, I think that it would be a little bit kind of like poor form for us if he didn't go in as our number one.
2: Yeah. yeah, agree.
0: And I think buying. um uh, I think when the journalist that brought the news, he, well, he said buy and expect him to go to Sunderland and be number one. So that's that. Um, also, the, uh, we mentioned him a, a little earlier, um, Leon de Jaco, um, a winger slash center forward. Um, I was quite, I was quite intrigued that the club, um, just, well, I can't say I know who he is, but the club made kind of a, a pretty big deal over his, his signing. a lot of social media buzz around it. And, um, and again, is this a player that we think is just gonna go straight into the team? What do you reckon, Mick?
1: Yeah. I think he should do. I mean, these um obviously I know Union Berlin, he had the loan spell there and they played like in the Bundesliga. So you'd expect him to walk into a league one team in an ideal world. And it is exciting. Like I know people are chuckling like the word by Munich around, but it is exciting that we've got a player who's actually like played for by Munich first team, like yeah. like not, not everybody's like does that. So he's clearly got bags of ability. Um, it, but then it kind of like begs the question like well, why is he at Sunderland then if he's like kind of had all his potential and he's has he gone off the rails a bit over the last few years I don't even mean with attitude but it's like Jimmy said has he not fulfilled his potential but we're giving him a big chance and I really and I agree I really love his enthusiasm because I was kind of thinking when he came he was going to give this really stage managed interview like Kurt, um certain did when he came where it was yeah, obviously just be- like stock responses for three minutes which is nothing wrong with that you know what I mean but um, I think with this lad like he's come in and he's got like bags of natural enthusiasm from what I've seen of him. He's really, really direct. He likes to run at people and I think that's really exciting. And then kind of people say, Oh, he's a little bit like kind of like Lyndon Gooch in his style of player. Well, if you can get a Lyndon Gooch but a better version of that, then that's really exciting because like not many play um teams in League One have a Lyndon Gooch on the bench to put on for the last twenty minutes. Like someone yeah. who's like like this is it. So I think now I think Actually, as much as we criticized our business in general, kind of earlier on in the window, and quite rightly so, and people were worried, I think now I look at the squad and I think we have kind of upgraded in almost every department. And lads who were kind of like really kind of like front runners for the first team, they're now kind of becoming more squad players and in the background. And these young players are becoming at the fore, and the lads we brought in are coming before. And actually, I think it is like quite exciting, actually. Like, so to be fair, like, we have pulled it off, like, everything. But Speakman said in the middle of a window, window and he got interviewed by the Sunderland deck, always kind of delivered on, which I really wasn't expecting, to be honest. So you've got to give credit where credit's due. And I just hope this, this run of form continues. And I think Eagle will clear an integral role the Lab brought in. I, I can't pronounce his surname, so I'm going to try. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, again, I must, uh, like, hold my hands up. I mean, I, I will add with the, uh, the caveat of, you know, I know everyone says this is the best transfer window since the last best transfer window ever, <laughs> but it's um is the caveat it was like I I still maintain let's see where we are in November and then we can kind of decide whether this whether this has yeah. worked out. Um, I I, I was going to sorry Tom, no, I was just going to let's let's talk about the transfer window because um obviously it was you know slow to start, but the players we brought in so. Well, first-team players, there's a lot of youth players and whatnot. So, Alex Pritchard, Corey Evans, Dennis Shirkin, Nile Huggins, Callum Doyle, Frederick Alves, Nathan Broadhead, uh, Hoffman, and uh, Leon Zajaku, as we just mentioned. The ones that have gone out, well, very recently, just at the end of the window, Jack Diamond's gone out to Harrogate on loan. Again, I was a bit surprised by that. Will Grigg, I think, I mean just so we don't have to talk about him anymore, he's gone to Rotherham, Josh Hawks has gone to Tranmere, and then obviously we all know about the players we released and whatnot before that. Um So Mickey seemed pretty content with the our business uh, at the end of the window. Uh Jim, what do you really think about this?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um I pretty much echo what Mickey said. I think I certainly wasn't expecting this. Um I think halfway through the window, um, it was definitely a slow start and, that Speakman interview at the time seemed to be at odds with what actually happened, but he did, to be fair to him, say uh, that a lot would happen between that interview and the end of the window, and that's exactly what did happen. Um, I think a key point, though, as well, is like you basically said, Tom, you don't actually judge a window like immediately after it finishes, you judge a window at the end of the season by which it proceeds, because obviously you can't really say how good any of these players are going to be for something because they haven't really had a chance to show what they can do, and I'm sure the players themselves would rather not necessarily have that pressure of being part of someone's best window ever TM before the season's (laughs) really kicked off not to be I'm not trying to put it down I'm just saying it's obvious that we can't judge a window before we know what's happened in the season because there's clubs up and down the country every year buy loads and loads of promising players and it doesn't always work out and that's just the way football works sometimes you can have what you think is a rubbish window and don't sign anyone they have a really good season so it works both ways I think think the signs are there um, but I think we, w- we will have to wait and see. But what pleases me is, just to quickly sum up, is that basically they delivered what they said they were going to deliver. There was a big change. There's a clear sea change in the type of player that we brought in. The strengthening that we were, we were told was going to happen has happened insofar as players have been brought in in positions that were identified that they were needed. There's clear... Reason behind why those players have been brought in both with off the pitch things in terms of potential sell on value and um, potential relationships with clubs further down the line, like Man City, Tottenham, things also potentially buying Munich. You know, who knows, we could be buying Munich's number one destination for lone players in the future if <laughs> these two go well. Um, <laughs> but are. yeah, I think, yeah, I think, I think, um, yeah, no, it's it's, it's promising, but we have to wait and see. At the same yeah. time,
1: yeah, I, I think. Like individually, like, it just will not pan out that every player we brought in will be a success because football just doesn't work like that. But I agree with what Jimmy said just to build on that. I think it's not so much for the individuals that we sign because, like I say, I haven't got a great deal of prior knowledge on them because I don't spend my time watching Tottenham and Leeds reserves. But, um, <laughs> do you not? No, I thought everyone
0: on Twitter did. <laughs> but, but, but for me,
1: it's like Jimmy said, though, it's like it's a rationale and it's like the idea behind it. Whereas Look, for example, look at our last transfer window of the park. You, you look at the players that we brought in. Like, I mean, we've gone from like signing, like him beg- in Danny Graham's words, begging them to re sign for Sunderland. And the only reason he re signed for us apparently was because we were playing behind closed doors. There'd be no fans out to give him a stick, and he won the last <laughs> player there. That was what he said on the other <laughs> So, under-
2: that's so he- for Danny
1: Graham. On- and that's what he said on the under podcast. That's, that's despite <laughs> the same. That's despite the same fan base, like massively overcompensating and getting behind him when he just, all he did was run around like a cart horse for a bit and played well against Southampton once. But anyway, um, so we've gone from that and you look at the signs we brought in and there was no like logic to it. It all just seemed very scattergun. Whereas at least with this window, you can look and say, right, we've clearly identified the targets because with the first few signs we brought in, I kind of maybe scoffed at that model a little bit because I looked and I thought, right, Corey Evans, Alex Pritchard and Callum Doyle, Like, for me, there was no correlation. Yeah. But actually, when kind of like we've supplemented them with the lads that we brought in, it looks as though we do have a clear direction. And to be fair, I know Corey Evans has got injured and we're going to have to manage that. But I do think that now we're quite well stocked in midfield. Now we've got like kind of like the full backs and Winchester's excelled there. And I never actually realised Winchester had played there in the past. So maybe Mm. it's not such a surprise. Mm. But I just think like... Overall, we do. So, like, um, like um as I say, Corby Evans, he's been absolutely outstanding in the games that I've seen. I and mean, I didn't think that. I thought he was going to be a slightly younger version of Grant Ledbetter. But I like the way he gets on the ball, like attacking intent. And I think what's been, like, a really good feature of how we've been so far this season and the lads we've brought in really kind of helped to supplement this is, like, kind of, like, in every game, we've played, like, with the same style on the front foot and try to get at teams. So, Black Pearl, we made, like, a whole host of changes. And in games like that, you normally see like a very disjointed display because they don't play together on a regular basis. But actually, we played in exactly the same way with the same attack and intent. That that nail like put Fred in that ball through for Edn O'Brien, that showed a level of understanding that you don't normally get in them League cup ties where you make like eight changes. And like I think the lads like who played that night like slotted into the team like quite seamlessly. So I think it's like really good signs. It's just it just begs a question. I think there's two factors. Like you, you both pointed out, are the individual players going to be up for it? And like young lads are going to have dips in form. And if we do have a dip in form, how are we going to react? And also, two, until he disproves his streaky league, reputation, that's always going to hang over him. Unfortunately, because yeah. we saw it last season, he got, we didn't maybe like we weren't playing like this. To be fair to him, so I think whatever he's done on the training ground over the summer and his recruitment has been spot on. But mm. like you say. It's been an excellent start, but we all can kind of agree. I think he's a manager who's capable of these brilliant starts. And you saw the run of form went on last season, followed by the worst run of form in our history, arguably like in the worst like we've ever been in our history in the league. So, yeah. as, I, as I say, like I'm not just digging out Lee Johnson because I'm not, I think he's done excellent this season, but he needs to kind of like go on and prove now with like disprove street to, to level as well. Yeah, isn't exactly, it? exactly a
2: for him to grow because. He's um like that's exactly that, that's probably been my main worry, actually like since obviously the players in the, that we brought in have kind of worked out. I've I been i must admit I have been thinking about quite a bit about how is this going to work in terms of the Lee Johnson streakiness because I'm I, all I'm thinking is when is are the wheels going to come off when are they and that's something we tried to be negative which his track record does seem to have been that and I'm hoping like like you said Mickey that he's actually upgraded himself in terms of we've got, he's actually got us playing a style of play and I'm not sure really any of his other teams have really ever had a, a really strong on-pitch identity like, like we seem to be developing now uh, I know he's had good players before at Bristol where they've sort of played well for a bit but I don't know if that was more just because he'd signed individually good players but we do look really good and it does seem to be sustainable obviously that we don't know for definitely yet because it's only been a month and a bit but um, yeah the chat, this is the time now for him to show he can grow with us because yeah the tools are there for him to do the job. He just needs to deliver.
0: It's, uh, well, it's again, as we say, only time will, only time will tell on these things. Uh, just a quick one before we go to the break. Uh, as we mentioned, Jack Diamond and Will Grigg, Josh Hawks as well, have all gone out on loan. Uh, Will Grigg, finally, I think that should be, I think that's, you know, a marriage of convenience, even though he yeah. scored, he, obviously he scored the other night. So, uh, <laughs> good for him. Um, I was a bit surprised when Jack Diamond went. Um, basically, this was before Leon De Jacques came in. Um, I don't know about Jack Diamond. Um, he's, he's a player that showed a lot of promise last season. Um, we're still, I'm still a bit undecided about him. I,
2: he doesn't seem to have enough end um, product for me. I think yeah. he, he's a really good ball carrier. Um, I think he does really well at taking the pressure on, especially in second halves of games, maybe when we need to relieve pressure. There's been n- numerous times last season where he'd sort of be able to pick the ball up in our half and carry it forward. I know he did well at um, in creating go- a goal or two, doing that against Lincoln away as well. Um, yeah. And I think so he does have his strengths. But if you look at his actual numbers of goals and assists, it's quite sort of small in both categories. And I think the issue is, again, similar to with what we said with Patterson before, it's like, it's not that we don't think he can be good, but do we really need him to be feeling his way into sort of men's football um, yeah. with us this season? I think Harrogate, we he, he apparently played quite well for Harrogate the weekend when he started anyway. I think I think maybe he knows them there. He can hope. Also, and if it helps them, and yeah, yeah.
0: I also think that maybe like League Two, like mid table, yeah, League level. One. It could be his he's, level. Yeah, he's his level. He's, he's one of those players where I don't think. Um, he, I don't think he'd be a championship player. I don't think he'd be good enough to cut it in that division. But let's see what he does at Harrogate, and you never know. Um, well, that, we'll leave it there on the transfer window, and after the break, we'll, uh, we'll look ahead to our top of the table clash against Accrington Stanley of all teams.
2: Fire!
0: Fire! Fire! Fire!
2: The Wise Men Say Podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the discount code WMS10 at the checkout stage. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces Podcast presented by Matt Keeling and Rory Fallow, available from your usual podcast platform. For more information, just search for From the Terraces.
0: Welcome back to the Wise Men Say preview show. and. Lads, we're top of the table by by virtue of every other team that was playing at the weekend, managing to knack themselves. Uh, so we're taking on Accrington Stanley, who are second in the league. Look at them, little old Accrington Stanley. Of course, managed, uh, owned by our friend Andy. We're not Chelsea. Holt. Um, <laughs> obviously, they're going quite well. They've won uh, four, of the, four of their opening six games on 12 points, level on points with us, even though we have a game in hand. Um, but they have only won one on the road. Um, so it's it's a time to break another hoodoo. Like, we've never beaten Accrington Stanley at home in our two attempts. Very high-scoring games, though. So um, first of all, how do we think the team's going to look then, Mick? Do we think we're going to have... Do you think Hoffman's going to start, for example?
1: Yeah, I'd go Hoffman in goal, particularly if Burge isn't 100% fit, because that could almost be like, you know, how Jimmy was talking about, the potentially, awkward the conversation before, or maybe, oh, you're not 100% fit, Lee, it's fine, we'll just bring this like competent German lad in instead. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, I can't see any particular reason to change the back four. Um, I think Flanagan's been really good this season. Doyle's obviously been excellent. Um, Winchester, to be fair, you, you can't drop him. The way he's no. been playing at full-back, you, you can't. He's been, like, a borderline revelation there. And then at fullback, like, Sirk, and he needs as like, much game time as he can to get himself up yep. the screen.
2: he needs minutes more than anything. He, yeah. Dropping him would be the worst thing to do, I think, because it seems to be his confidence that just needs to grow. His but ability al- seems fine.
0: But there also is the option of playing um, Nal Huggins as well, who's, again, it will be looking for game time. Especially, like we said, it's like, Winchester at the moment, as you said, Mick, he's been a bit of a revelation at, like, fullback. It's like, so... <laughs> I don't know. Lee Johnson's kind of made a rod for his own back, really. He's bought all these fullbacks. And he's found another midfielder who is excelling in this position. He's really good. And I really like his
2: attitude. Like it it seems to me he's got a lot better since fans have been in in terms of like he seems to really enjoy interacting with the crowd. It seems to really, really Sort of get him going is the intensity well, of his performances and stuff like that's been class. And it's not the obviously, he's not the only one, but he's well, you I think, just think he's class basically.
0: You, th- you think <laughs> where he's played, Oldham, um, Forest Green, and then it's yeah. like, then you got, then you're playing in front of 30 30 odd thousand at home, like every week. Then, yeah, you're right, he's going to give you a little buzz and some and players like, would
2: shrink, but he's yeah. grown. and I think he's reacted to it in the right way, and he's showing why he is a Sunderland player. Um, at least at this level anyway. But you know what I mean? He's, he, he obviously enjoys it. He's always the first over to fans at the end. He was straight up at the South stand after the Wickham game, clapping. He's done that on away games as well. And just things like, that, you know, his booming tackles, his shots. and <laughs> He just plays with so much intensity. And I think that, like like Mickey said, obviously we did. it wasn't really a thing that we knew that he'd played fullback before, but you can kind of see, because he's actually, in terms of playing the position, he does it pretty well. You know, he knows when to go forward. He defends well. He, he's, he's actually... A bit quicker than I thought he was as well, to be honest, yeah. in terms of being able to track back and stuff. And yeah, I just think he's in all in all a very, very competent right back for the level that we're playing at. So I'm more than happy for him to continue there if he's if he's happy to do it basically. But and the as,
1: Matthew... thing is, as well, I'm looking at Winchester and I'm not thinking like he's okay for a midfielder at right back. I'm thinking like he's really good as a right back in his own right. Exactly. So let's say so let's say we signed Carl Winchester as a right back this summer and he gave these performances, we'd be delighted with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Well, we're lucky to have him, as Matthew would say. Oh, 100%. So Matthew knew? <laughs> Matthew knew. Uh, I mean, it took 18 months, but or, however... Oh God, it's, Six it's months. Even, six
2: mo- it's, been only been six, it's been a yeah, long year. January, I knew
1: it, It's
0: been a very long year. <laughs>
1: Which is um, nine months, but anyway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Let's just keep saying months, like numbers Riff. or whatever. Love
1: months.
0: Um, <laughs> midfield, again, for me, like Dan Neal for me is the first guy to be that, yeah. 100%, 100%. Um, who partners him because I don't, uh, Luke O'Neill is he injured or was something happened to him, or like we, or he, I he, na- he
2: knocked his shoulder against Wimbledon, didn't he? And yeah. then he did play against Wickham and then he got okay. punched, which uh, that didn't seem to affect. <laughs> By the way, I can't believe we didn't even discuss that really after the game. That was, I'm pleased that i got a three game ban because it was pretty blatant at the time. To be honest,
0: um, to be honest, Jim, after the game, I was just riding high on Euphoria yeah. and uh, Budva. Well, no, so. that's it. Um,
2: I think O nine, 9 I don't know if he is injured. I think he probably will play Um I don't mind that, but I would also and wouldn't mind at all if he didn't play and Corey Evans came back in. I think uh, Dan Neal's the one who needs to definitely play given how good he's been.
0: Yep.
2: Um, and O nine and Evans obviously aren't similar players, particularly in the way they play, but they both would bring different qualities. O physicality and getting around the pitch obviously is superior to Evans, but Evans' experience and ability is superior to that of O9. So I think it's horses for courses in terms of who we play. Um I don't I must confess I don't know a great deal about the strength and weakness of Accrington's midfield, but I'd suggest they must be Enough. they must be decent given where they are. Uh, so maybe it wouldn't be an idea to play Evans if we need a bit more technical ability in there. But at the same time, um 09 does provide great cover for Neil in terms of he can be he's got the fitness to be able to be the one who's going box to box allowing Neil Although Neil does play start quite deep, Neil then doesn't have to always be tracking back as well. He can sort of be concentrating on doing what he does best and, you know, playing the ball forwards.
0: So, what are we saying, Mick, you, uh, you're on board with 09 partnering Neil?
1: I don't really mind who plays because I think 09, as much as I don't particularly like rate him as highly as some fans, I think he's kind of like, I think he's a six slash seven out of 10, like everywhere he plays most weeks. I don't think. It's very rare at all 9 to think, oh, he, he was excellent today. But he's, I do think his best work is done defensively. So I wouldn't yeah. necessarily mind if that's the qualities that he brings and he's dynamically he gets all over the pitch. I don't mind that at all. But I agree with what um, Jim was saying. I think um, Corey Evans, what really impressed me when I saw him with the Wiccan game, like I said, I thought it was very much, he was going to be like a Grant better. I thought he was going to get the ball kind of like decent range of passing, but it's often like sideways, backwards and slowing the momentum of the game down where actually he gets the ball. And there's like a snap to his pass, and it's quite crisp. He looks to get it forward every time, even if it's only five yards. So I think I'm not really bothered who plays because I think we both bring different qualities. And I think if like one, both of them have had injuries. So I think it would be a good idea maybe to give 160 and one half an hour on Saturday, yeah. kind of like yeah. depending on how the game is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely.
2: I think, I think Evans, um, just to sort of. Uh, what he's there about his Chris passing. Th- I think he sets the tone, doesn't he? For the way we like yeah. he's like the metronome in the middle of the park. And I think he can the way because it in the wing game he was receiving it, passing it, receiving it, passing it. And also you can see he's very vocal on the pitch. He was he was quite clearly telling people where to be and what to do. And I think oh nine doesn't necessarily have that experience to be able to do that. So I think maybe Dan Neal may may prefer in a way to play with Evans, because Evans will definitely be able to help him in terms of not that Neil obviously needs help with some aspects of his game, maybe with positioning and things like that, and just and it might help. So yeah, maybe 60, 60, for, 60 for Evans and then 9 for the last half hour or vice versa. It could be the only one that's fit, we don't know. But yeah, yeah
0: it's, obviously we're recording this on Wednesday, so we haven't heard um, Lee Johnson's press conference, so I'm not entirely sure on uh, the niggles or the knocks that some of the team have, so we don't know. Uh, in attack, are we... Are we happy with McGeady, Embleton and Gooch again?
2: I'd say possibly to in for Gooch. Um, yeah. I'd say McGeady and Embleton, yeah. I think Embleton was absolutely class against Wick. I mean, that goal that goal that alone fan- deserves fantastic, yeah. it, it earns him a start in the next game and I think his general players' assist for Ross at first in general, he was just really good. I think McGeady uh, more so than Gooch is is kind of like the player you, do, you wouldn't want to drop insofar as because he can just at any given moment he can you know, more so possibly than Gooch can. And yeah. I think that Gooch hasn't been... I mean, obviously, his numbers are really good and he has done well, obviously, this season. But I think also his innate inconsistency leads me to think that if you're going to drop someone to give a new signing a chance, it might be him. Because we know we can rely on Gooch to come on if needed. But I don't know if he if he would be... Uh, I Basically, I'd rather drop Gooch than have... get... I Mighini.
0: Yeah, I would imagine... Um... Jacko starts on the bench on Saturday and he gets like the last, well, depending on how the game goes, probably get the last 20. If we're yeah, chase, if we if we're chasing the game, he might come on earlier. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, I think uh, he might be a bit eased in, mm-hmm. into the team. I mean, I could be completely wrong, but um, I think Johnson might play play this one a, a little safer and just stick to what he knows for this game. Um, and obviously, I mean, there's no... Uh, conversation about who starts up front it's got to be Stewart just,
1: just, just on Dejago I think purely I know this sounds a little bit simplistic but I think if he's in the start 11 I think it could really kind of get the crowd going Like I don't know how like match fit he is but imagine how he starts and he kind of gets a ball early on he kind of goes at their fullback and wins a couple of corners I just think naturally people are going to be very excited on the edge of the and I think it could help us have a really fast start of the game but have on what sorry go ahead.
0: yeah it's because he's like a signing like that We've not had really had a sign in like the Jacques since probably like the Premier League era, you know, these kind of players that you don't really know anything about. And then when they come on, they're like, because it's because mo- there's an element of the unknown about them, you're a bit more excited to see what they're like. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like if we bought some player from, I don't know, like Colchester or someone <laughs> like that, no one really cares. It's just like, we hope you're good, but like, it's, it's not really exciting. Whereas if you got like, oh, we've got this lad from like that an expectation plays, to Jack who's gonna be excited, isn't it?
2: He, played, yeah,
0: he yeah. used to play for Bayern Munich or like he well, he played two games with Bayern Munich. It's like this is and if he's good, then it's like yeah, I mean and I, I he strikes me as a player that if we get if he starts off well and the crowd get like behind him he could he could do really well he I mentioned mean, that in his
2: interview didn't he how much yeah. he wanted to get you know, how he'd obviously i mean i know they all say oh i watch the sun and the crowd is always go-. i know they always Where's say he from? that but <laughs> <laughs> that was a re- yeah i was more italian if anyone, that was terrible but like um yeah i think he's just i didn't want to do a comedy german accent just in case no you yeah, just did think- a comedy <laughs>
0: wrong accent <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yeah i just think that he actually you could see he, I think, I, I believe it when he says that. I think he is the type of player who will want to get people off their feet and, you know, get bums off seats. And like Mickey said, if he go, if he if he starts and, and you know skins the fullback a couple of times in the first ten minutes and whips a couple of balls in, that could work. But like you say, Tom, equally, it might be better to bring him on and let him do that. And maybe yeah. if there's less pressure on him, say we're already, you know, fingers crossed, we're, we're winning the game. He can come on and be you know get get another assist or get, get a second or third goal for us and that yeah. might be the best way to ease him in. Um, Some tired legs as well. I think, I think reading between the lines just quickly to touch back on a bit of his interview I think, he, I think he maybe has had a bit of a, a, a weird relationship in terms of consistency in his career so far so I think maybe it might be better to be cautious with him just because you don't want him to react badly to a poor start and then it yeah. kind of Set the tone for him because I think he might be a bit of a confident, you know, a bit like a Barini type, bit of a confidence player. Where it's if you catch them at the right time, they're class. But if it goes badly, then it might take a while for him to. I'm not saying he's going to be like that, but I think there is a bit of a risk that he may be. So, like Mm -hmm. you say, maybe maybe cautions better with the jacket. Um.
0: Yeah. I mean, any any other thoughts on uh, the team on Saturday, or we we got to wrap this little bit up before we move on to some exciting Twitter questions.
1: Let's move on be to put the
0: exciting Twitter questions. Okay, the exciting Twitter questions. Okay, uh, well, do you want uh, do you want a boring one or do you want a funny one? Surprise me. Surprise, Surprise you. Yeah. Okay, okay. Well, we'll go with the uh, we'll go with the first. Um, is it hazy uh, at SESC? No one, any asks. Is it acceptable to eat a pink slice with a cold beer on a day like today,
2: Jim? Yes. yes. I've not actually had a pink slice since I was a child. I've never had one. I seem I to remember there are... No, actually, I don't know if cake and beer goes well. Some people like it, some people no. don't. I oh, probably goodness. wouldn't have one, but I would say it's acceptable if you do like cake and beer.
1: Confactory does, doesn't go all with beer. Yeah. I think, Sorry,
0: yeah, I, I agree. You shouldn't You shouldn't be in... First of all, you shouldn't be in, like, I don't know, cake in the sun. I don't know. It's, it just seems weird to me. The icing Especially, would melt. Yeah, the icing would melt. Um, so uh, Cam Hawkins asks any chance of a free agent to shore up the squad I mean I don't really understand what he means by shore up the squad he says wisdom perhaps I assume he means Andre wisdom
2: well I mean if 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 there's somebody available who we think c- can add something I don't I'm not saying the squad's the finished article necessarily it may prove to be, it may not be but in terms of do we need a free agent I don't think we need any more bodies no. unless it, unless we identify a, a severe weakness in a few games' time. So, potentially, in the, between now and January, potentially, yes, but not right now,
1: for me. No, I still don't need one. I mean, because Callum McFadden's got a club now, so we don't even need a
2: <laughs> He'd be the only one I'd
1: have. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, Ian asked. I think this was, uh, especially because I'm doing the pod, if your favourite uh, episode of The Sims is, isn't the monorail episode, what is it? Well, I'll tell you, Ian Cass. It's actually Marge on the Lamb because you've got three excellent storylines going on at once there of Homer and uh, Chief Wiggum in this kind of Thelma and Louise chase. You have uh, Lionel Hutz as the babysitter and it's just like, what more can you want? And they also got right at the beginning, Homer thinking the ballet is like a little car with a bear in it. I mean, I'm sorry, Incas. I mean, the monorail, I will give you the your due. The monorail episode is a very good episode, but... For me, personally, Marge on the, the Lamb is the best Simpsons episode. Uh, anyone else want to uh, jump in on why Ian right or wrong?
2: I don't know the name of it, but this, the swimming pool episode is definitely a favourite of mine, uh, oh. where Millwall signs the cast Millpool. Uh, Millpool, yeah. Bat, yeah. Bat
0: After Darkness. Bat
2: that's After the Darkness, that's, yeah. the one. that's a good one. Um, yeah. And uh, Mickey? Mickey? So, you see, you're going to hear It's Like,
1: The Simpsons is one of them programs. I've seen, like, more clips of it and memes than I have the actual program itself.
0: You are pathetic.
1: I know, but I, I, <laughs> I don't know why. But, like, as a child, like, I just was never really on my radar, The Simpsons. And, I mean, it's funny enough, but I couldn't even name you a specific episode or anything. I can name you, like, funny clips and, like, the memes and all that. But So well... my, opinion, my opinion here is worthless, as it is for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <be> fair, so... <laughs>
0: Well, you've revealed something to you, to us. Every- you've revealed something about yourself, Mickey, that I never even knew. And I don't know if I can really continue this podcast. Um, well, but we will because I'm a, prof- I'm a professional and we will do this to the end. Um, well, after that bombshell, I think uh-huh. all that's left is to um, ask for some predictions. Jim, are we finally going to beat Accrington Stanley at home on Saturday?
2: Yes, I think we will beat them 2-0. We um, haven't had a clean... Well, we have had one clean sheet so far. We deserve the deserved clean sheet against Wigan. even though we didn't get it, in my opinion. So I think we will have a first clean sheet for Mr Hoffman and we'll win
0: 2-0. And who's going to score?
2: I think it's going to be Ross Stewart with a brace.
0: Lovely. Michael?
2: I'm going 4-1.
0: Why?
2: <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs>
1: so, I think um, what's going to happen, we're going to go turn nil up, and then they're going to get a goal back on about the like sixty seventh minute, and everyone's going to like go on the panic mode, <laughs> and then we're going to, but then we're just going to come back, catch them on the brace, and De Jacques is going to wrap it up. He's going to get the fourth off the bench, but I think Stewart's going to get one. I think we're going to see another rake F from Winchester, yes. and I'm and I'm going to go for Dan Dale to get his first league goal for us.
0: That is a. Uh, if anyone's putting on uh, a bet, that is a very specific bet there that uh, Mickey Loff has just dished out to you. Uh an Accrington goal in the six sixty seventh sixty-seventh minute. I mean
1: I love how I said around the 67th as well. Like not around the 65th. Yeah. <laughs> just
0: around the sixty-seventh. I, I think I also think we'll win. Um I think I'll join you on uh, 2-0, Jim. I think uh yeah. McGee's gonna be back in the goals, maybe from the yeah. spot. And I'll give Embleton another
1: goal because... that
2: be good. I he, he deserves it. one. Yeah, he was. He, he was Oh, he's got the power to do with it, have
1: you? He just assigned goals to players.
0: Yeah, because we're top of the league now. That's what we can do. Um, and then we'll, I think we'll be a nice, healthy three points clear again at the, the top of the league on uh, Saturday. Um, they should be a reaction show on Saturday after the game. Uh, Matthew's probably back from his... Sojourn in Malta, talking about Princess Diana or something, whatever he's doing nowadays. Um, and then Monday, the uh, the dads are back talking about the Accrington game. Uh, before we go, Rich has been uh, pestering me to promote. We have a, a newsletter which you can sign up to on the website, and there's also some excellent content on the website, so you should go and read all that. If you'd like to hear, if you like to see this, but in like word form. So, And it's also a bit more coherent of what I'm just saying now. So anyway, let's so hope for uh, three points on Saturday. Stay top of the league and uh, thanks for listening. <laughs>